0: Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Robotics. I'm your host, Nikki Rousseau, and it's my pleasure to be introducing you to the robotics and AI community in Australia. Today, we're venturing a little bit further afield. Sabah Sami was the winner of the Women in AI APAC Innovator of the Year and also the winner of the Agribusiness Award. Her tagline on LinkedIn is, she wants to make artificial intelligence everyone's comfort zone. Sabah, welcome and thank you so very much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. It's a great pleasure and congratulations on your absolutely fantastic award. You're the founder and CEO of Maxo. Tell us a little bit about the company and that and the work you do.
1: Sure. So the company Maxo Technologies uh, was founded in April 2021. And what we're doing is creating a platform that replicates a sensory part of a human brain. And the reason why we do that is if you look at us as humans, uh, the the part of our system that is kind of the core of the survival um, is is our sensory system so when something happens we see it if not we can hear it if we need to we get close to it we feel it we touch it Uh, we smell it sometimes we taste it and then we say okay based on all of these inputs then we decide what our next course of action should be. It's what has helped us identify risks and really understand our environments. And when I um, did my research, I realized that um, there's no AI in this space um, that enables basically uh, the ability to have sensors, intelligent sensors everywhere, um, to monitor a variety of different environments for early risk detection, um, and prevention of major catastrophe. And so then I founded Maxo with the aim to solve that exact problem.
0: It's fascinating work. And of course, our brains are, are geared and designed to um, for our survival. How did you actually get into this field?
1: Uh, with AI, uh, it goes back quite a few years ago. So I'm a computer science graduate. Um, and uh, I actually wanted to be an astrophysicist as a kid. Uh, It's a long story why that didn't happen, but my love for astrophysics always kind of stayed um, a a kind of side passion. And I started reading the books of Doctor, late Dr. Stephen Hawking. And then I came across his warnings about artificial intelligence. And then that's when I decided to go back to university after about five years after my point of actual graduation. Um, And I did a thesis-based masters and AI ethics. Um, And that was um, basically that pivotal point in my life where it just opened this whole new door for me that I was like, okay, this this is something I'm really passionate about. I've always wanted to do something that lasts beyond my lifetime and for future generations. I always wondered how one person can do that. And then just coming across this technology, the opportunities it has, the scalability that it provides. um, That was it. That was my answer. And I I haven't looked
0: back since. That's fantastic. Your tagline, your mission to make AI the comfort zone of everyone you can reach. Why is that so important to you? Yeah, so part of the uh, research was
1: uh, reading about not just artificial intelligence, but different technologies that have had an impact um and in the world such as you know similar to to what ai is doing um in the world right now and i realize that a lot of times um a lot of the issues with regards to any technology can arise when we don't know what we're getting into and then in particular with artificial intelligence because it's so integrated into our lives already and it's going to be even more integrated I realize that there is a lot of education that's needed on different levels. You know, you need to educate investors in terms of, in terms of where they're putting, you know, money. What sort of technologies they're enabling? Engineers, what sort of technologies are they building, and how does it look like at a um, kind of the bigger picture level? Governments, in terms of where they're going with different strategies and regulations um tech tech companies in terms of what they're building putting in the hands of the public and then the public themselves in terms of you know what we're using what we're saying yes to um and and um so putting all of that together i was like there somebody needs to start educating everybody at different levels um and i know i'm not the only one i'm very happy that i'm not the only one in the world. Uh, but it is a mission and I always talk about AI and I try and educate as many people as I can um, about it. And I hope I hope we get to a world where it's no longer a fear, but it's a it's kind of a known educated subject that everybody makes an informed decision about.
0: So you've already mentioned that AI, you know, Siri on your phone, it's a, it's a form of AI. What is your um, message to people that you're not um, that aren't generally working in this field, you know, like just mum and dad out there. That you happen to talk about, what do you do? Do you so, sort of get like an eye, an eye glazed over moment, or do you think they they actually understand? And what is their fear a- around this? So, um, well, the fear um, comes from a
1: lot of times it comes from media hype. You know, we we read a lot of things in the media. Some of it is true, some of it is exaggerated, some of it is untrue. And and I understand that it's it's an overwhelming amount of information. Um and and it could be quite daunting for a lot of people to say, "Okay, what do I filter through? What do I believe? What do I not believe?" So I think people kind of just given to whatever they feel most comfortable to believe. Um but the advice to everybody, especially those who aren't from this field would be uh, try and educate yourself as much as you can, and I don't mean go to university and do a full-on computer science degree or or do like courses. I mean listen to podcasts and and read books, but read books of scientists, not businessmen, not billionaires, not politicians, not not talkers. Read the books of doers, mm-hmm. right? And and to really understand like what's going on. Um, and then when somebody says something or warns you about something, really think about it. One of the things I always tell um, tell everybody around me, and they hate me when I say this, is stop posting pictures of your children on social media and stop posting information about them. Uh, usually when, when people have kids, you see the first thing they do on Facebook, on Instagram, name, middle name, surname, was born on this day, this time you know, in this hospital, in this location. And thank you so much, mom and dad. You've just given information to anybody who can go and open a bank account in your child's name. Uh, And then, you know, these kids are going to grow up and they're going to have a digital footprint at no choice of their own. And I always warn parents, I'm like, you don't know what's going to happen in the future. And it is going to be your fault for having done this to your kid. So you don't need to tell me anything right now. And you might hate me for saying this but just think about what your answer is going to be to your kid when they grow up. Um, so it's those sort of warnings or, you know, when I, when I talk to people, they kind of like, they choose to ignore it because it's easier to, you know, kids, kids are dear to their moms and dads and and they want to show them off. And I understand that, but I also see like pictures of children that are stolen and are being like sold, um, you know, or being put for adoption. They're scammers, of course. And this is just what people do. So just imagine what would AI be able to do with this information sometime down the line. Um, And so it's about thinking, thinking about the future, educating yourself about the future. Um, If you don't need to put in some sort of a data online, then don't do it just because it's fun. You know, do it sometimes if it's convenient, but Don't do it because it's fun when you don't know actually what's going to happen. Like we are in an era where there's so much education. There's so many warnings. There's so much openness about what a lot of people are talking about, what's going to happen. Take a little bit, you know, take a few steps back. Take some precautions. Uh, Don't be scared, but educate yourself and make educated decisions.
0: I happen to agree with you 100%. I follow someone on Facebook that, um as his his children since birth all the all the information is there and I'm actually I'm horrified by it and I um, to any anyone of our audience listening up there if you've got kids please don't do it like uh I'm, I'm waiting for the court case of one of these kids at 15 turning around and suing their parents and going who gave you permission to get give all my my daughter, basically my whole life on Facebook or on Instagram or whatever the platform is.
1: Yeah, because there's no there's no backtracking. That's the thing with digital trust. There's no backtracking. And I understand we're talking about digital trust more than AI, but um, AI feeds on data that is developed by, you know, and that's gathered by a lot of these tools that we're using today, right? And so be be very careful. Be selective. You know, privacy privacy is your superpower. Why would you just give it up? Um, so be very selective about what sort of data you put out there.
0: So I'm, I'm thinking of you in this instance, you're quite a public figure now because, you know, we're on LinkedIn, both of us, um, we're on podcasts. So anyone can take our voice and do a voice imprint. i warn my sons if they get some call from me sounding as I'm um, desperate it's not me because you know x amount of podcasts out there this will be the same for you your voice out so have you got some sort of safe word or something i'm i'm smiling about it but i say to my sons we actually do because you know anyone can take my voice and go and do something with it
1: yeah um so yeah sometimes with family i think they there are things that my family know about me that publicly aren't known um and so i'm hoping that those things would would um you know, would would tell them that okay, this is not this is not like your daughter or your sister or your you know your partner. So um, yeah, I think it's a it's a good idea for everybody to to have anything of. I I do know what you're talking about. I've I've seen a lot of stories on on LinkedIn where the mother has gotten a scare because the daughter has called and said, "Oh, I've been kidnapped," and and turns out it's not. It was just a scam. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, I think that's a very good point. Yeah, have some sort of safe words and. And keep things keep things as private
0: as you can as well. Definitely, and change your passwords, people, and actually don't have a little notebook. That too, yes,
1: yeah, uh, change them periodically. I mean, there's a lot of tools these days, digital tools that help you come up with like very complicated passwords and then change them often. Um, again, we're getting into more of a kind of digital trust, cybersecurity space, but. The reality is some of the things that AI will make a lot easier um, is, you know, hacking into people's accounts or um, you've seen all those deep fake videos. And I think the biggest problem right now isn't um, isn't the question of, are they real? But now we're questioning, are they really fake? Um, and I think that's kind of like when we're starting to cross that line of what are we actually doing with this um, technology? One of the things that I always warn people as especially like in the developer space is always ask yourself what are you doing how can it go wrong and how can you prevent it like if I could make that a mantra for every single developer out there I would have Um, a lot of times people do things because it's fun a lot of times they do it because it's profitable um, it's a marketing stunt. And a lot of times those things just get out of hand and there's no controlling them after that. So uh, this is mainly, again, for the developer community to be very careful about, um, you know, really question. I always think developers and engineers have a lot of power. So always question, like, what what are you actually building? Like, what what is this going to be used for? Um, and then think about all the ways that it could potentially go wrong not so that you stop the development of it but so that you kind of have certain like filters and and um, you know so that you make it safe uh, when it goes out
0: yeah so this touches of course on ethical AI and this has been a huge focus I think for as long as the last three years that I've sort of been been looking at it what's your advice to companies besides that I think there also is some responsibility on the senior management and how they influencing everything.
1: Yeah. I think, um, well, companies need to start taking accountability, like real accountability for what they build and what they put out. Um, And I say that as a founder and CEO um, of an AI company, it's not about never making any mistakes. It's a, it's inevitable. A mistake is, you know, it's the step you need to you need to put your foot on before you get to that next innovation or um, the next iteration of whatever it is that you're building. Uh, what is important is to make sure that you followed everything like you you addressed all the, the known knowns, basically in, in project management, we call it as known knowns. So things that a lot of other companies have done wrong. That you acknowledge that, and you you study that, and you understand that. A lot of times, I've seen across uh, companies um, the same technology comes out with the same issues. You know, let's for example take the bias issue. We saw that in the um, algorithm that was applied in the U.S. justice system, and then we saw it again in the Amazon um, recruiting, and then again we saw it in the Apple, um, you know, credit card thing. So when you see that happen multiple times, like it doesn't take um you know a lot for you to say okay look there is a real issue with data uh you know there is bias in the data just because of the nature of you know humans that have generated that data so think about how you can address that before you start releasing something you put something out there now i'm sure these companies at some point started addressing these but they could have addressed it before you know it was released and before it made it to um And these are just some of the examples. There's like plenty more out there. So to to any company, it's like, do, do your research, really understand what have other people done? How did it go wrong before? How can you avoid those mistakes? And then if you make new ones, then understandable. Like it's it's, you know, part of the process. Hopefully you don't, but if you do, it's part of the process. You're like, at least you say, okay, I did everything that I could. I I covered all the blind spots as much as I could and then take accountability for what has happened. Don't just, you know, swipe it under the rug. Um, just take accountability. I made a mistake. This is what happened. I'm accountable. I'm responsible for this. And therefore I'm doing X, Y, and Z to address it. Um, so that would be one of my, um, recommendations definitely have uh, your leadership team be educated about artificial intelligence and the role that it plays in your own industry whether you're in healthcare or financial industry or manufacturing there is no industry these days that is um, uh, that is n- not impacted or not soon going to be impacted by the changes that AI is going to bring so make sure your uh, your people are educated so that it's done with them not to them
0: that's an excellent point and i think this is also probably a good place where diversity comes in because of course the, the data is only i don't want to say as good as the diversity selection you've got working in your company in a way sorry so can,
1: well what can you
0: ask well like i'm to, just saying like if you've only got men putting in particular yeah, data, yeah. like it's very important to have diverse people like of all walks of life and i'm you know not just women well Men, women, um, you know, with all sorts of backgrounds, uh, you know, yeah. whether they're immigrants to your country, whatever, because we all experience the world through different lenses.
1: Yeah, exactly. No, diversity is is huge. And I've always talked about this fact and it's not, I mean, I know gender diversity is something that has been talked about a lot, um, but there are other aspects to it as well. There is um, age diversity. There is um, cultural background diversity. There's talent diversity. Um, so everybody needs to kind of think about all these different aspects and you're right bring those different people to the table and give them a voice um, and not just for show and tell and getting like ticks on on paper but to actually listen to them and make fundamental shifts and pivots within your company strategy to align to what that feedback is
0: yeah and it's it's maybe not necessary even people that you think would be able to contribute but if you don't open the doors and give them an opportunity to do it you won't ever know
1: exactly yeah absolutely yeah.
0: so i really want to focus on the awards night now um, i was there and i i saw you um win both categories so again congratulations um i want to touch on the innovator of the year award because um you were so shocked and i looked at the video again on linkedin and i <laughs> i um Andrew Miller and Jill Rock, who put on this spectacular event, actually organized that as soon as your name was announced, the video zoomed in on you. And I did watch your face and you were, I think you were flawed. Like, I think for a second (laughs) there, you didn't actually know what to do. You knew you you had to get up and walk down to the stage. But tell us a little bit what went through your head. Oh, it was
1: was a a few moments of um, just everything going blank. Uh, followed by a whole range of emotions all at once. So um, I was—I remember it. I remember um, basically every second kind of leading towards that moment. And I was sitting with the with Mahla, the other finalist, and in, in the agribusiness category. And we were we were just you know we were just chatting. And and I remember looking at the the runner-ups um, and thinking to myself you know, one day, maybe, maybe next year, or maybe the year after, you know, maybe when the company grows a bit bigger, and maybe when I do this, and this and this, and I had like a list of things in my mind that I wanted to achieve. And then when I heard my name, it felt like I had gone into a time traveling machine. And I'd gone, you know, two to three years later, where I was thinking about, you know, a few seconds ago, and so, yeah, I saw the video as well and I was like, <laughs> I I was I was actually shocked and it was it was very unexpected. Um and then and then I remember getting on the stage um and and receiving the award and then I started the speech and and I could just look at everybody. It was like it was it felt like I was in a movie. You know one of those movies like when they announce something and you're like happy and then you all of a sudden go on the stage and there's like lights into your eyes and you look at everybody looking at you and then all of a sudden you feel this like wave of emotion and um as i said on my on my linkedin i wanted to it was a completely different speech that i had in my mind um and which i was actually going to say for the agri business and then i realized we didn't have time and then i was like okay now maybe i can say that and then I felt like I was just about to burst into tears. And um, for some reason, I was like, no, not the right time. Not yeah. now. Not now. And then so I switched gears and took a deep breath. And and I just completely changed the the speech. Um, but yeah, it was it was I was I was really happy. Uh, my mom had come to Sydney with me and I I said to her, oh, you know, I'm probably not going to win this year. and you know, there's going to be like following years that you can come. So then Vivid was on. So I said to her, well, why don't you go to Opera House and, and watch Vivid? And the moment I said this, I messaged her and she's like where she was. She just sat there and cried. And then she was like, I really wish I had come to the award. And I was yeah. like, so it was like all those things that, you know, yeah. the could should have, would have, um and oh my god this is amazing and what just happens yeah okay
0: so so tip tip number one when you ever go into this again if your mother's there she (laughs) comes like it doesn't actually matter your mother is there like that's not just a given going forward Um, I hope your mom's listening to this and if there's any doubt refer back to this podcast that this is what's being decided you will actually go but tell us the story because your mom actually knew what your name was going to be many many years before you were even um they yes yes yeah. so anybody that knows my
1: story uh they know that my mom played a huge role uh in my life and I'm forever thankful for her um and yeah so she she chose my name about 10 years before I was born and I think I was about 10 when I realized that so 20 years after um and it was at that point that I was like you know what that makes me a wish that has come true and since then, uh, it's been like, okay, well, a wish that comes true should never disappoint, right? And I, it's not like that. I've always lived my life being afraid of disappointing my mother. No, but it was everything that I have done. Um, I, you know, I had hoped that okay, it also makes her proud because this is also something that was in just my dream to bring to reality it was also her dream um, as well. And then the speech I was going to make was. I'm not the only wish that has come true. I'm sure all the children in the world are, you know, wishes of their parents. And it's very difficult. I know how difficult it is to bring up a child. And then, um, being a woman from Iran, um, I wanted to acknowledge the woman life freedom movement that's happening in Iran and that so many. Um, women that are leading the biggest female-led revolution of our time, they are basically investing literally everything they have, which is their lives. um, And they go into the streets and they don't, they don't care about anything else just so they can speak up and just so they can become the voice of others. And a lot of them have been killed. A lot of them have been imprisoned and a lot of them have been tortured. Um, And so my kind of closing remarks for that speech was supposed to be, I hope that we get to create a world where all the wishes that come true are always loved, nurtured, um, and supported, never imprisoned, never tortured and never killed. Um and so that is something that I wanted to to say, but then I was like, I'm gonna cry, don't cry. Yeah. Just switch gears. Yeah. But Listen, yeah, well,
0: that people hear it now. I, I saw you you um you looked remarkably composed. Um, your speech was fantastic. So, you know, it's funny with all this stuff that I now know that was going on in your head, you pulled it off beautifully because it it was you did yourself and your mom proud and justice there. So yeah. I just want to ask you, you know, the the actual application um process was it was a bit of a it wasn't just like a two-page application. There was a lot of work that went into it and your thoughts or advice for women just generally in the field of any uh, awards that they have the opportunity to apply for, what advice can you give them?
1: Oh, it's just go for it. Like whether it's awards, whether it's grants, whether it's any sort of opportunity that helps you move forward, gives you that next step in your career, gives you that exposure that you need. Uh, Just go for it, regardless of whether you feel like you deserve it or not because chances are you do when you just don't realize it um, and and case in point uh, exactly what happened. I remember writing that application and I was like, I even got to a point where I was like, oh should I just wait you know maybe a couple more years and then um, and then I decided, you know what let's just go and and at least I get to go and, and meet others. you know if I make finalists,' I like at least I'll go and meet others and get to know and network with everybody and, and here we are and I'm honored. and
0: and congratulations and ladies please listen to Saba she's now got the experience and um, I know this is a little bit of it happens to especially extremely accomplished women that they look at their their achievements and they they're a little bit um, you know they go "No, I haven't done so well but but do it because you you're actually creating a pathway for other women to follow you and go listen be brave and get out there and even if it's a bit scary just do it
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then when when you make it, and you will make it when you work hard, is as I said in one of the the interviews, post interviews after the award, is be the voice of those who don't have it. Champion.
0: I like that. Be the voice of those that, you know, because we all have platforms and it's a question of how you use your platform.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: So, besides your lovely mom, that she sounds like a mentor of sorts to you, do you have other mentors?
1: Yes, I do. I um, I have had multiple kind of mentors and coaches at work, but two mentors that have been my mentors for, um, I think what is now being five or six years. Uh, one of them is uh, called Liz Gosling, and she's a CIO at Auckland University of Technology. I met her at an event. I looked at her. I said, I want to be you when I grow up. Um, and and I've been catching up with her um, regularly ever since. Um, and then the other one is Mike Burke, who I met at work a few years ago when I was working at Westpac in New Zealand. Um, and Mike is an entrepreneur himself, and he has always encouraged me to prove myself wrong. Um, he has been amazing. He is an optimist. He helps me be optimistic in the worst possible scenarios. And I think if it wasn't um, because of these two actually helping me and encouraging me, um, in addition to to my family, particularly these two from like an external um, force, I probably would have never had the bravery to start, like let go of a, a corporate job and start a company.
0: Well, big shout out to them both. We'll put them in the show notes, uh, in the comments, to make sure they also hear um, your thanks and your appreciation. And yeah. I think it's fantastic. You know, I I think we're all mentors to each other, but I love it that you're acknowledging them publicly and um, with so much gratitude. So that's fantastic.
1: Yeah. And um, and uh, a coach as well. And my uh, she's she's a coach and a sister. And currently, one of my uh, amazing, esteemed board members as well, Samara Lurias. Um I met her at at Microsoft, and and she um, she actually opened the door for me to meet people at Bridge West, who ended up being my uh, my investors. So, uh, big shout out to you as well, Samar, when you watch this. Fantastic.
0: We'll put we'll put that in the show notes as well. So, Sabar, I'm mindful of your time. Um, any closing thoughts? that you'd like to leave the audience with and where can they reach you sure
1: um yeah i think one uh, as i think we cover like a whole different kind of range of topics today and i'm and i'm glad we did um my closing remarks to anybody out there uh, regardless if your uh background your age your gender is believe in yourself because if you don't then nobody else will um and and follow your passion because that's the only way that's the only thing that's going to help get you through life um and how they can reach me uh they can reach me through LinkedIn uh I try and be uh, as responsive as I can um otherwise my both my companies so maxo.ai. Uh, we have a contact page um if you want to kind of understand more about having intelligence on sensors and then the other one is um or one nz is my other website which is more education consulting um so if there's anything i can help with that way you can reach me through there as well
0: fantastic so thank you so much for your time it's, it's lovely seeing you again um it was lovely meeting you in the evening and um yes congrats like just You must be so proud and so well-deserved. Thank you. Thank you so much. And yeah, it was lovely to meet you too. And thanks for having me today. It's a great pleasure. And to our audience out there, make sure you connect with Solba on LinkedIn, follow her, um, send her a message. You've got the invite now. You don't need to um, be invited again. I hope you're well, wherever you are in the world. And I look forward to your company again next week.